Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. On the show, they chat about topics like sports, music, culture, and family life, and being a husband and a girl dad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. Race attack! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. And if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk about some fantasy football because this is a Rotoviz podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. Last week, I dove into the new Dynasty wide receiver one, DK Metcalf, and his journey from big-time college recruit to NFL stud and how we can go about finding the future DK Metcalfs that will, you know, eventually break out in the future. And man, I'm excited about the next three weeks of episodes here on the College to Canton podcast. I've been doing a lot more solo shows here recently, but I'm going to get back to getting some guests here very soon. I'm actually going to be holding a Rotoviz Prospect Ranking Summit with Stefan Leco and Matt Wispay next week. And then after that, we'll be holding a rookie draft do-over special with those same Rotoviz guests talking about some rookies that are making an impact right now, just looking like future Hall of Famers already and some that have disappointed and how we would re-rank the 2020 rookie class. But this week, I'm doing something I haven't done before. I am flying solo once again. I'll be giving you all a peek behind the curtain into my NFL Prospects Weekly Series that I put together at Rotoviz. And if you're already a Rotoviz fan, you may already be familiar with the series, as I have been doing that for quite some time now. But perhaps not the process that goes into building that each week and really why I started doing that and how that fits into I guess my greater process when it comes to prospect analysis. But if you're not familiar with it, each week I cover a different set of seven NFL prospects that just boosted their draft stock with a phenomenal performance. And so far this year, uh, I've covered 42 different players. And why I really started doing this is because what I realized is that the big networks and the big websites all kind of cover the same you know, handful of players during draft season. Uh, and really, even in the fall, they're talking about the players that are in the Heisman conversation or in like the top echelon of of just like the players in each positional award running. But they don't always dig into the, the players that really are building their draft stock and are kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, and so I wanted to kind of cover those players too. Yes, I kind of wanted to dig deeper and learn more about the players that were probably going to be the, the first round picks just locked in. And yes, the day two draft picks that were just locked in. But there's so much more to it than that. So I wanted to make sure I was covering the small conference guys, make sure I was covering the big conference guys that were breaking out in ways that they hadn't before to really get a full picture. You know, the guys that have, have been doing it for forever and the guys that are just doing it for the first time this past Saturday. So it's been a lot of fun uh, just learning as I go. 
Because, I mean, as someone who digs into prospect analysis from when these guys are early on in high school and just making their name uh, as a uh, college football recruit, you know, on all the recruiting websites and everything, I follow some of these guys from way back then, but still, we miss players here and there. Like a couple weeks ago, I mentioned, you know, Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State breaking out as a true freshman out of nowhere and went completely undrafted, even in a nerdy league that we had 100 rounds to draft the dude, and he went completely undrafted so I mean there's just always something to learn and my hope is that by the end of the episode you found at least a few new favorite college football players to root for and you know giving you a glimpse into my weekly process you know to always stay one step ahead in prospect analysis for fantasy football and real football so without further ado let's dive into some quarterbacks here first I have to talk about the guy who's been killing it this year out of the gate Zach Wilson from BYU. BYU has wowed us this year and just absolutely killing most teams. And even this week, they kept it close early on, but ended up finally covering and and taking care of business down the stretch. Zach Wilson, BYU, he'll actually be my future QB this week for the NFL Prospects Weekly Series because he just will not stop having great games. He just dropped 400 yards and four touchdowns in his biggest test this past weekend against Houston and added 40 more yards on the ground to go with that. I mean, he wasn't actually quite as as consistent in his first two seasons. He is a third-year player now. But his high moments, even before this year, were incredible. He actually finished his true freshman season with a four-touchdown, zero-incompletion performance against Western Michigan. Yes, he went 18 of 18 with four scores and over 300 yards. And that was when he was a true freshman. So he had some incredible peaks before. We saw what he could do, especially when he mixes in his mobility. But this year has been different. I mean, he's been Mr. No Bad Games, currently posting over 13 adjusted yards per pass attempt right now, which is like 99th percentile, and which for Power 5 quarterbacks, like Power 5 conference quarterbacks, that kind of number essentially guarantees at least day two draft capital. At least it has done so for the past six years outside of one prospect. So, he, he, along with three other quarterbacks this year uh, that I've talked about in the Prospect Weekly Series, uh, they're all going to be in that conversation for the QB spot. You know, really, QB3 spot, competing a- against Trey Lance, of course, a, a guy that uh, is an FCS quarterback. But they're probably firmly behind Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, unless something crazy happens with Fields when he sees the field. But Zach Wilson is really making a name for himself. Matt Corral was in that conversation until this past weekend. A quarterback for Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, saw the potential there and just said, hey, we're going to air it out a bunch. We're going to give you the reins to the offense. Just make plays. Keep us in every game by scoring every time you go down the field. He'd been doing that to this point. Had been killing it this year. Actually really kept Ole Miss in the game with Alabama for three and a half quarters or so. But this past weekend against Arkansas, he threw six interceptions in one game. So it's going to take a lot at this point to fix his profile this year. He may end up staying for a senior year after basically that one singular titanically abysmal performance. Uh, it's just going to be impossible to get that out of the minds of NFL decision makers. So he could really clean it up. He's got great potential, an amazing deep ball, a great resume, uh, except for that one game this past weekend. So we'll see what happens with him. But a couple other guys I'm more confident that are in that QB3 conversation. Mac Jones, Alabama has been continuing to kill it. I mean, per The Athletic, there have actually only been eight 400-yard passing games in Alabama program history. And Mac Jones has three of them. 
three of the eight all time. And it's just in, what, four games this year? His only game without 400 yards passing was one that Alabama had firmly under control early on. And so he just kind of coasted and on the backs of the running backs. So he's currently actually outpacing Tua Tungo by Lewis' best year production-wise. So Mac Jones really wowing, taking advantage of this final year to prove that he's worth an NFL draft pick firmly inside the QB3 conversation now. Uh, There was a lot of uh, talk about Bryce Young and their five-star true freshman, you know, really threatening him and pushing him for the starting job. But that is gone now after just dominating Georgia like he did this past weekend and a defense that has dominated every offense they faced. He he was like, you know, I'm just going to throw 400 yards passing anyway. And then another guy, Kyle Trask from Florida, he hadn't started a single game since like the beginning of high school. I think he was a freshman in high school uh, before September of last year. And then he stole the job last year for Florida, stole the starting job. And now he's tossing a touchdown once every seven passes against SEC competition. He's got 14 touchdowns to just one interception this year. I mean, that actually puts his average per game nearly nearly five passing touchdowns per game this year. So if, if some of these guys like Trask, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, if they keep up their current production through the end of this season, uh, the 2021 QB class could go from being super top heavy with really not much depth after Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence to potentially having six first round picks. It's that kind of quick turnaround this year for the quarterback. So I'm excited to see what that means, especially given some of the aging quarterbacks that we're seeing in in the NFL. We need a next generation. We're getting that, and we've been getting that in the past few years, but man, this class, and even even next year with a couple guys that I've talked about in the NFL Prospect Weekly Series, could really round out uh, the next crop of good quarterbacks in the NFL, like Dylan Gabriel. I, I talked about him way, I guess it was week two, or week, week one, I don't know when it was this year, but he just threw for over 600 yards in a game and lost. <laughs> I mean, that, that reminds me of Patrick Mahomes, like early on in his college career at Texas Tech, just throwing out, I mean, he had like a 700-yard game and still lost. Uh, Gabriel has, I wouldn't say Patrick Mahomes upside. He's a little shorter, doesn't necessarily have the cannon, but uh, he could very well be inside the 2022 quarterback one conversation with Sam Howell, Keaton Slovis, and Spencer Rattler, the very first quarterback I talked about this year in the NFL Prospect Weekly Series uh, for Oklahoma. Although he has struggled at times with uh, decision-making, and Oklahoma overall is clearly in in more of a rebuilding year, given their standards anyway. He still logged 15 total touchdowns in his first four starts. So incredible quarterbacks, promising quarterbacks on the horizon coming out of football right now that could push for early impact at the next level. So really excited with quarterbacks, but this is why we have these conversations now to kind of get one step ahead. And if you're in Debbie leagues, trade for these guys. Don't hesitate. I've, I've seen... I've seen Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, still their prices were kind of high this summer, but they're not quite there yet because the big four-letter networks and and big names have not started talking about these guys enough. So find one down week for these guys that could enter the quarterback three conversation if you are in some some Debbie or or college to Canton leagues uh, and go after these guys. Or if you haven't tried Debbie, give it a try next year and, and, and draft some of these guys if they don't go for the NFL draft. And if you're checking out the podcast for the first time, Debbie Leagues is where you can actually roster these college kids before they're even in the pros for your fantasy football teams. And then when they join the pros, they're automatically on your team. 
But moving on to running backs, because there's a lot to get through there. There, there are two running backs that I'm going to be talking about this week in the column are Javante Williams, North Carolina, and Khalil Herbert of Virginia Tech. Javante Williams, he's been splitting work with Michael Carter for the past two years there uh, for North Carolina, but Javante is the one you want to own for pro prospects. Williams is a much bigger back, yet he's actually probably as fast or faster uh, than Michael Carter and is shown to be incredible as far as contact balance goes. And he's actually a year younger than Michael Carter. And last year, he actually led all FBS backs in yards after contact per reception, and it wasn't even close. He, he shows great contact balance in the hole, in space, and as a receiver. And this year, he's actually posting a 17% receiving yard market share among all players for North Carolina. Almost one out of every five receiving yards is going through Javante Williams, and he's a running back. So crazy production for him, nine total touchdowns in four games this year, eight and a half yards per touch, and and still anywhere you look, he's just not really on the radar for a lot of NFL draft nicks, but he needs to be way, way, way higher on everyone's board right now. So Javante Williams, you know, he could, depending on how the rest of the season goes, he could choose to return to school uh, just to see if he can have that one feature year. Uh, next year for North Carolina with a really good quarterback and Sam Howell again uh, and Michael Carter being gone. But Javante Williams, I think, could push to be a top back next year in a class that looks pretty top heavy at the running back position. But Khalil Herbert, Virginia Tech, for those of you already familiar with him, he's actually a grad transfer for Kant from Kansas and he's really old. Yes. So we don't really like really old running backs here at, at Rotoviz. But Herbert is seriously averaging over 10 yards per touch right now on a 65-touch sample this season already. And he's logged at least, at least 138 yards from scrimmage in every single game this year. So it looks like he wasn't necessarily the problem. It was Kansas that was the problem, holding him back in that, that dreadful offense and dreadful team as far as college football goes. Kansas would just mess him up in the early parts of his career. So great decision by him, saving one year of eligibility and then transferring to Virginia Tech to really put his skills on display finally. And he's got a good quarterback in Hendon Hooker too to help him stay afloat. So Khalil Herbert will be a 2021 guy. Javante Williams might be a 2021 guy. North Carolina for Javante Williams, Virginia Tech for Khalil Herbert, guys definitely to keep an eye on. And guys that really, as far as Debbie leagues go, even college fantasy football leagues go, uh, weren't supposed to be the guys standing out at this point in the season. But here we are. A few other guys I've talked about this year, Najee Harris. He's having a huge statement year in a year where he chose to go back to school. He could have been an early draft pick last year. He's looking like a potential round one guy now. Tank Bigsby, Mentioned him last week for the first time, on the not only on the show, but also in my NFL Prospects weekly column. I actually already have him in two Debbie leagues because he's my running back one for the 2023 NFL Draft. And right now, it's not looking very close at all. Like Jameer Gibbs for Georgia Tech is the only other guy that's in the conversation for running back one in that class. So Tank Bigsby, Auburn looking like a crazy stud. And then I already mentioned Deuce Vaughn. I talked about him. John Emery, LSU, former five-star recruit. Talked about him because he had a really good game against Vanderbilt. But right now, he's stuck in a weird committee. We'll see what happens there. Kylan Hill, another name I mentioned. He's been really filling out his profile on the receiving side. Uh, Not so much as a runner this year, but he kind of already proved that he could do that in years prior. But for real, the dude had a 15-reception game. Kylan Hill for Mississippi State had a 15 reception game as a running back just two weeks ago. He missed some action this past weekend. Hopefully he is healthy. Hopefully 
he can continue to put up ridiculous numbers as a receiving back this year. Uh, Kylan Hill still has adequate size. Uh, so if, if a team loves his receiving skills this year and they look at him and say, whoa, he's 5'11", 215, kind of an Alvin Kamara clone, maybe not as quite as good with the balance as Alvin Kamara is just because he's a freak. But Kylan Hill could be one of those guys that sneaks up into early day two consideration for the right team and the right scheme. And then a few other guys I mentioned and, and have been creeping up. Brees Hall for Iowa State looks like he's potentially the 2022 running back one. Kenneth Walker for Wake Forest just scored three more touchdowns this past weekend against Virginia. And if you, in case you've forgotten, I mentioned him before on the show. He was actually near the top of the list of all FBS backs in uh, yards after contact per rush, uh, despite Wake Forest being like a bottom five power five team last year in terms of yards before contact. He just, he always finds ways, whether it's bouncing outside in the right spot or making himself get skinny and, and bounce off a couple tackles in between the tackles. He's been impressive and is clearly the best back on that team. Brandon Knox from Marshall just had another 120 plus yard game. So did Kyron Williams for Notre Dame and Cameron Harris for Miami struggled this past week against a pit defense, giving up less than 100 yards per game on the ground. But really, it's been fun to watch all of these running backs and all of these QBs that I've already mentioned and have outlined all these guys or names that I've talked about in the NFL Prospects Weekly Series and guys that you could have been putting on your radar at least a month, two months ago, if not even before, and some some summer work that uh, the Debbie team was doing at, over at Rotoviz. It's been a blast seeing these guys go off already, and, and I'll, all of these names I'll be watching to, to continue to go off down the stretch in 2020. Before I move on to wide receivers, tight ends, and a few defensive guys and, and talk about the, the, the weekly process and how I, I build this kind of pool of players, just a word from our sponsors. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% Yes, 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or overbearing sports parents, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. For me personally, I'm excited to see the Titans continue winning like they have this year. 5-0 start. Excited to see what happens next 
I mean, I've been a Nashville sports fan for most of my whole life, and I'm watching everywhere, watching it from home, watching it out with friends, watching it with my parents. And it doesn't really matter what you're excited about this year with the NFL. It doesn't really matter where you watch the game. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. All right, so before I dive into wide receivers and tight ends and a few defensive players to know as well, and just back more to the process. I mean, there's there's so many games every single week, weekend. And so with each position, I t- typically look at a floor of, of production that I want to see that I'll even consider these players for. But I still get down to like a half dozen players at every single position. So I, I generally try to have a different mix of some players that have a like a safe day one, day two draft stock a middle player, a mid-level player that's probably a day three guy, and maybe like a longer shot type option as well. But even going into the weekend, sometimes I'm prepping to kind of say, okay, is this going to be a, a more of a tight end focus? Do I want to focus a position? I want to focus on one position in particular. Uh, and so part of that process actually happens as I'm building my college football projections model for daily fantasy sports. So basically, I, I take more than a half dozen variables and standardize them to to build a weighted kind of z-score that that will pump out some projections uh, position by position for anywhere from about 300 to 400 college football players every single week and so i kind of already know okay this looks like it's going to be a this player a weekend or this looks like it's going to be a this player weekend or this looks like there's like six tight ends who could go off who all have NFL draft potential. So I kind of already have an idea of who I'll even be talking about before the week's even over. And those those little kind of things that work in tandem uh, kind of uh, streamline my process. So if you're a super nerd like me and, and you uh, or maybe you're a writer like me or you're a podcaster or video creator or other content creator, there are all sorts of ways to kind of build in little shortcuts to your process. For, but for me, with prospect analysis, I'm always thinking at least, at least a week, two weeks ahead with who I'm going to be talking about next and uh, what positions I really need to fill out my board with next. Uh, so that that hopefully that gives you a little bit of an idea of how nerdy this whole process is. But if you have questions on building uh, any of your own models or any of the production metrics I've talked about on the show before, please do. I, I've had some people reach out to me uh, with with really great questions, uh, and it's been great having conversations with people that have enjoyed the show. Uh, great with people that are just figuring out, you know, how obsessed they can be with college sports and NFL sports. So I would love to dig further into the prospect analysis process. You can find me at Twitter at ff underscore Travis M. I'd be glad to learn from you, and I'd be glad to share things that I've learned with you as well. But kicking back over to wide receivers. 
Dax Milne of, of BYU. That's yes, his first name is Dax, D-A-X, of BYU. He and Jalen Darden of North Texas are going to be this week's wide receivers that I'll be talking about in the NFL Prospects Weekly Series because Dax, this kid, I mean, he was a former no-star recruit and he only had three offers initially with Navy, Army, and Weber State, who's, I guess, FCS football. So instead of going that route, he actually chose to walk on at BYU. Uh, the coaching staff liked him. Uh, it made him like a preferred walk on. I mean, it, it, still, he had no scholarship, and he did so partially because his dad actually played baseball there at BYU and eventually went pro, and he liked the coaching staff. Plus, he was actually buddies, uh, played against and kind of with Zach Wilson, who is now the quarterback. So he knew the quarterback, Zach Wilson, wanted him to go there. And Dax, I mean, Dax Milne earned starts as a true freshman, uh, and now he's a junior. He's absolutely exploding. And he was actually briefly, just this past Friday, the most productive wide receiver in all of college football in terms of receiving yards uh, Friday night until he was passed by Jalen Darden of North Texas on Saturday. Uh, Dax is actually up to 550 yards and four scores through five games. And so this former walk-on might just need to start entering real NFL draft discussions now because he is going to get funneled a ton of targets down the stretch. It was already him and Gunnar Romney that were getting all of the targets this year, but with Romney hurting himself, he's going to be dinged up for at least a, a week or two. He's going to keep producing at a really high level. Again, it's kind of a softer, softer schedule for BYU, but man, I mean, he, the production cannot be ignored. Love rooting for stories like that. But Jalen Darden, another... Great story. I don't really even care that he plays for North Texas because Darden is is act absolutely ridiculous. Just put up like another 200 receiving yards this past weekend, but he's up to 689 yards and 10 scores in just five games. So I don't really care who you play for if you're putting those kind of numbers up. He's posting a 56% dominator rating, essentially 56% of the team's overall receiving yards and touchdowns, and 90th percentile yards per team pass attempt clip and 99th percentile touchdowns per team pass attempt clip right now so right now he's got it basically a 98th percentile production profile among all wide receivers to have been drafted since 2005 and really it's not just numbers either from a film standpoint he's got some crazy wheels for a group of five conference player and he's got a decent route tree to go along with that he can get vertical and set up defensive backs really well. I mean, he really, he's just a bit small, so that's the only significant knock for Jalen Darden out of North Texas. But those two guys, probably the, the lowest tier uh, competition uh, combo of wide receivers that I mentioned in the column so far. But two names to note that, that will instantly be in day three conversations, if not higher, when the time comes for both of them. But the, like I said, th those were kind of like the lower tier players in terms of conference that I've covered all year. But I've also, in the series, actually outlined Terrace Marshall Jr. because his 11 reception performance from a week ago, that basically vaulted him into the first round discussion. Covered all three Alabama wide receivers because Devontae Smith, he's basically a faster and more productive Jerry Judy. John Mechie, I mean, he's he came out of nowhere this year, and after Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell are gone from Alabama after this year, he could get the Calvin Ridley treatment. I don't know if you guys remember how many targets Calvin Ridley garnered in his final season, but uh, John Mechie could be that huge, huge market share guy in his final season for Alabama as well. Tylen Wallace, again, is entering the Biletnikoff candidate conversation this year, and was happy to see him go off, even with backup quarterbacks to this point. So once Spencer Sanders and him get back together, he could put up even crazier numbers down the stretch and really prove that he's worth maybe a round two pick 
when the uh, NFL draft rolls around. But a few other guys that are not getting enough love that I talked about on the Prospects Weekly column, uh, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss has been absolutely killing it. I mean, he's been killing it even ever since he took over the, the primary slot role in the Ole Miss scheme. It's a bit of a different look this year now that Lane Kiffin has taken over, and it's been a great thing for Elijah Moore. He's averaging, seriously, 11 catches per game against all SEC defenses this year. And yet he, in most circles, gets no buzz in terms of real day two NFL draft consideration. That's probably because there's like, you know, 30 or 40 guys that are ridiculously good and that are eligible for the 2021 NFL draft at the wide receiver position. But Elijah Moore needs to get hyped up by way more people. Seriously, averaging 11 catches per game in the SEC, almost leading all power five wide receivers in yards right now. So he's racking it up, cleaning up his production profile in a way that nobody could even ask for. Can't wait to see where he finishes up. But right now he's tracking to to finish with like a 90th percentile adjusted production index at the wide receiver position, which is a great thing. Tutu Atwell, another guy I mentioned before a couple times, on, on, even on, on other podcasts, he's been putting up with a lot this year, really the only viable option uh, on that receiving attack, but uh, he's still showing he's a day two wide receiver. Diami Brown, I mentioned him, he's really been the only consistent thing for North Carolina, despite Sam Howell being an NFL caliber quarterback. Diami Brown has been the only consistent thing they've had every single week that's found a way to produce. And the two more group of five guys that have made the cut for the column this year, Marlon Williams for UCF. I mean, he he's had a bonker start this year, up to 45 receptions already for UCF, and it's October, like, and it's the middle of October. Like, they, and a shortened schedule, he could still sniff like 90 receptions. So when you look at his profile, he, he he is an older wide receiver already, but he's essentially a more productive Gabriel Davis. You know that guy who's actually currently been doing pretty good for the Buffalo Bills? Marlon Williams is going to round out his production profile to be way more dominant than what Gabriel Davis's final season was. So if he keeps that up, he could sneak into day two. And finally, Jonathan Adams Jr., Arkansas State, had 15 catches this past weekend. So he keeps on having huge days. Uh, Arkansas State's not a powerhouse, and so he's probably a, a day three guy, but he's putting up some crazy numbers. And then just to round it out with some tight ends and individual defensive players that you should note here and get pumped about. And really, the tight end position has a lot of guys to get pumped about right now. Uh, when you look at Kyle Pitts out of Florida, who's essentially the de facto wide receiver one for Florida right now, he might have the best production profile of a tight end that we've ever seen when he's done this season. He already has seven scores uh, right now for Florida this year. And then Eric Gilbert for LSU, he was listed as the best tight end recruit ever, according to 24-7 Sports, and he looks like prime Greg Olson at age 18. And then you go over to Miami with Brevin Jordan and Pat Firmuth with Penn State, all guys that I've talked about this year or last in the column. I mean, they're all first-round graded tight ends. And then three other guys I've mentioned this year, Braden Galloway for Clemson, uh, he's looking way better than Jordan Leggett ever was, and Leggett got drafted. Hunter Long has been the de facto wide receiver one for Boston College this year. Uh, nobody can stop him. He's averaging over a half dozen catches per game. And then out of Western Kentucky, Joshua Simon this past week had six catches and almost 100 yards. He gives me some major Tyler Higby vibes from when Higby played for Western Western Kentucky. He's basically been the wide receiver one for that offense. So lots of tight ends have been producing this year and that's not even really digging deep at all there's in college football there's not really a a ton of high producing tight ends every single season but there's 
there's really been double digits that have been impressive this year. But as for individual defense players, I know this isn't for everybody, but I do love to talk about these players because they're always there's always a few guys that just make a name for themselves and come out of nowhere and some some big name recruits that really live up to the expectations that we have for them. So I love to highlight one name every week in the column. And plus, it's good to kind of know these defensive guys, even for real football for purposes, even if you only care about fantasy football, and just to know like these guys where they're going to be landing and, and maybe they land on your favorite team. So, I mean, the very first week this season, Miles Murphy, I mentioned him because he's a true freshman for Clemson, five-star kid, defensive end, already has three and a half sacks and 20 tackles for Clemson. He, he's really on a rare trajectory to come into Clemson and start right away. I mean, that's it, unbelievable in and of itself, but to be producing as a sack master and he, he's looking like he's on pace for a top 15 selection already eventually for the 2023 draft. And then shifting positions, I talked about Malcolm Rodriguez, who's like a linebacker slash safety slash nickel for Oklahoma State. He had 103 tackles a year ago uh, and he can play that hybrid safety linebacker role already on a decent tackle pace this year. Patrick Jones, the second for Pittsburgh, I talked about him back in September. He's got seven sacks in six games this year for Pitt. And he's really stepped up this year. He could be a day two defensive lineman selection. Back to linebacker, Bumper Pool. That's seriously his name, Bumper Pool for Arkansas. He can get up to 20 tackles in a game sometimes. And he's basically the quarterback of that super improved defense for Arkansas that's already given Arkansas more SEC wins in four games this year than it's had in the past three seasons altogether. And then two South Carolina players that have killed it the past two weeks, Ernest Jones, linebacker for South Carolina, had 99 tackles a year ago, and he's on a faster pace still now. He's the quarterback of that defense, and they've really turned things around. The only thing really keeping him back is his lackluster recruiting profile when he came into school. But when teams really catch up, this third-year player is going to get drafted most likely next spring. And then J.C. Smith on the same team, he seriously took on shadowing Seth Williams, basically the, the Megatron of Auburn, the Auburn offense, and he shut him down for the most part. He, he really just frustrated Seth Williams the whole game and snagged two interceptions that essentially won the game this past weekend for the Gamecocks against the Auburn Tigers. So J.C. Smith could be rising into first-round NFL draft discussions based on that game alone. He was already a day-two corner, but after that game, he, he can lock down future NFL players. So just some names on that side of the ball to get excited about. But I hope you guys enjoy this different show. Obviously, this will not be the normal format of the show. I'm going to get back to having guests ne ne next week, the week after that, probably moving forward. But just wanted to give you a, a glimpse into the process of prospect analysis that I take, that I've learned from a bunch of other people that were smarter than me and better, at, better than me at this. Uh, I hope this was interesting for you. But if you have any questions on any of the players I mentioned, like all 50 of them, or anything that's kind of process-oriented uh, when it comes to prospect analysis i'd be glad to dig into that more you can find me on twitter at ff underscore travis m thanks for listening to the show and i appreciate the rate and reviews please keep those coming uh, please leave a, a question for me in the review or just slide into the dms at ff underscore travis m be glad to answer any questions but thanks for listening and i hope you're enjoying football being back and i look forward to you joining me soon for many more episodes of the college of canton podcast
The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.